I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. This is episode 34 with Patrick Connolly. Uh, this was the first episode I had ever done where I had not met the guest before we recorded. Um, my friend Jesse Stegner, who was a previous guest on the show, uh, introduced him to me via email and just suggested that I have him on because she thought he would be a great guest. Guess what? She was right. Um, and uh, Patrick has a distinct um, uh, 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 accomplishment of being a guest on Jeopardy. So that's what he chose to discuss uh, was his love of Jeopardy and uh, his journey to the show and um, insider knowledge on all things Alex Trebek. Uh, off the air, he told me a few things one of which that Alex Trebek was the original host of the show Double Dare. Uh, I think this was off the air that uh, right before they started shooting for the episode that he was on, uh, the producers said to the contestants, you know, uh, you often get the advice that uh, imagining that the audience is naked makes you less nervous. Uh, we'll do you one better, and they showed him and all the other contestants a picture of Trebek from a few decades ago, probably. Just a real beefcakey, uh, mustachioed, shirtless Trebek um, to, to calm everyone's nerves, or so he said. <laughs> and uh, that during another taping, uh, he couldn't get the uh, wording right on a question, so they asked him to reread it during one of the commercial breaks, and he threw a fit because it was a poorly worded question. Uh, it's just so funny to think about Trebek getting all feisty about uh, the writing of a question on the show. I guess he just really cares about it. Um, and uh, so does Pad, uh, and, and trivia in general. And he also uh, thought about discussing um, being a cruise ship entertainer for the show Hairspray, so we get to talk about that a decent amount, too. Uh, there are some musical interludes, not nearly as many as in Jesse's when we actually talked about musicals, but uh, Pad said that that may have been a topic of his choice as well, um, had Jesse not already swept it out from under him. Um, anywho, go see Frozen. That's the moral of this whole story, because it is delightful. Uh, I saw it last week, along with The Wolf of Wall Street and American Hustle, because I'm still trying to get those Asuka movies in. I have two left, two Best Picture noms left, Captain Phillips and 12 Years a Slave. Uh, I'll be fine. I'll probably see them in the next week or so. Let's be honest with one another. Um, and I have until at least February. I don't know when the Oscars are. Who knows? But I know I'm going to see all the movies. Uh, actually, after we finished recording, Pat and I had a long movie conversation uh, before he headed out, uh, which is probably something that spurred Jesse to suggest him as a guest because we were both super movie nerding out um and i appreciated it because i can talk about movie things for a while and some people just don't care but i'm not gonna be apologetic uh yeah check this one out it's a lot of fun quick plugs uh the neurologs are not working on any live shows at the moment but we are working on a lot of video content so go to our youtube page Check those out, subscribe, whatever you do with YouTube, typically do it with us too. Um, 
listen to the other podcasts on the network. Uh, this week's Your Stories was especially musical, uh, and I did a song on it, but more importantly, Cover Stories, our uh, in-house band, if you will, did some really excellent songs on it. Uh, and check out our new podcast, uh, Talking Games with Timmy Clayton. They just had former guest of MBSing, Kellen Terrett, on for apparently his ninth time on their show. Well, maybe I'll get to repeat guests at some point, but for right now, there are so many cool people left to uncover that I want to continue with that uh, new discovery vein. Not to disparage having someone on more than once, because that sounds like what I just did, but it was unintentional. Reagan Reagan continues every Friday at 8 uh, at the Wine Group Mind Theater. We just did a show that was essentially an improvised murder mystery because our suggestion was murder, and it was great. Those are the things you're missing out on by not coming to those shows. Uh, you're also missing out if you don't listen to this sweet interview with my new friend Patrick Connolly. Thanks. So anyone who comes can yeah. talk about that all they want yeah. to? Huh. Interesting. I do like the idea of being like, well, I can't talk about it, but I can tell you that my mother said to me, <laughs> I found the loophole. That's so funny. I love that. Um, <clears throat> cool. Well, my guest today is Patrick Connolly. Hello. Uh, am I pronouncing your name right? Yes. Patrick? Mm -hmm. Patrick. I like that. And sometimes Pad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse has called you that more often when we've, uh, discussed you. Uh, yeah, Pat is a, a friend of former guest Jesse Stegner. Uh, he also could have talked about musicals, but she stole that super sweet topic. Ah, <laughs> uh, why? <laughs> uh, it was gonna happen sooner or later, and then, you know, we just sat around for an hour, uh, <laughs> Kind of talking about musicals, but both mostly breaking into song. <laughs> uh, but Pat's going to talk about Jeopardy. Yeah, uh, with fewer musical breaks, though. With ah, done. <laughs> um, because uh, okay, first of all, what was the inception of your love for Jeopardy? Oh, it's a. Uh... It's basically a chance to show off to anyone who happens to be in the room with you. And it, like, it's one of those shows that's fun to watch it uh, if it's just like on TiVo or to kill mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But like the real joy of Jeopardy is that there's someone about 10 feet away from you, like maybe at work when it's playing in the break room. And just to now and then, while they're not paying attention, just turn to them and say things like, Albania. Yeah. Albania. Like, there's no context for it. It's just like you're so proud. To have dredged up this one useless piece of information on such short notice. I and you love just, that. you have to show it off. That is brilliant. And I'm a show off, so. Hey, you know, I think anyone, well, I won't say that. I think most people are show offs whether they admit it or mm -hmm. not. Um, I think we're all slightly more narcissistic than any oh. of us uh, <laughs> portrays on a regular basis. When did you start watching Jeopardy? Do you remember? Uh, I actually, I, I couldn't tell you when I first started watching it, but it was uh, a long time ago. I, I definitely, I remember uh, back when I had the original Nintendo Entertainment System, mm -hmm. uh, so this was probably like 89 or 90, mm -hmm. uh, they had a Jeopardy home game for Nintendo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they couldn't get Alex Trebek's uh, uh, likeness. They couldn't get the rights <laughs> for him to be in the game. So they had this sort of generic, like, like, like blonde, big jawed hose, like, a, like a big toothy grin. I remember and, that. And I didn't watch enough of the show to realize that that wasn't the host. That is not him at all. And so it was much later. It was like maybe like late in high school or even in college, and I finally like started watching the show as like a regular thing. I was uh -huh. like, Who the hell is this guy? That's why, so funny. Why did they replace uh, Mr. Big Teeth? <laughs> I absolutely remember that, and it was all very blocky characters mm -hmm. and. All the stock characters that you could play as were, yeah. were did probably look like block versions of uh, actual Jeopardy contestants. And I also have the, they tried to do the the, uh, the digitized voice on Nintendo, uh -huh. but there's only so much room on those cartridges, so it would always be things like you'd buzz in and ba doo ba doo ba doo. It's a deadly animal. Ba doo ba doo ba doo. I know Jeopardy. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so funny. Gosh, I haven't thought about that in a long time, but I have to have played it at some point. We also, my brother and I had a, like, uh, PlayStation 2 version of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was, the only thing that was bothersome about it for me was Final Jeopardy. Because you had to, like, look away when other people were <laughs> typing in their Final Jeopardy bids and answers. And something about that was just, ugh, it just uh, bothered me too much. I would love if they'd actually do that on the show. It's like, all right, everyone enter your waiters. Okay, now turn around. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the big reasons that you were discussing this is that you were on the show yeah. recently. You mm-hmm. recorded in November, you said? Yeah. And then it's going to air in February. That's awesome. So we're in the uh, we're in the period of anticipation right now. Yeah. What was the process like for getting on the show? Did you do an online test? Yeah. They uh, they actually uh, they used to do it where to uh, to qualify to be on the show you had to send in postcards. Really? So you send in your information and like a little bit about why you wanted to be on the show, and then they would just sift through the postcards, pick people who had an interesting reason to be on the show. That's crazy. And invite them to to try out for it. Uh huh. Uh, the problem with that is there was no sense of quality control, so you'd have people who just... Who were not intelligent. Yeah, yeah, who just saw, oh, people want a bunch of money on that show. I'd like to be on that. Yeah. And so they say it used to be a nightmare. It would just be hundreds of thousands of postcards. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) reading a reason why someone wants to be on Jeopardy Mm -hmm. is no way to actually be able to discern (laughs) if someone would be a good contestant on Jeopardy. Yeah, it's like I could send NASA postcards saying why I want to go to the moon. (laughs) Right, right, because I've always dreamt of the moon. Cool, and you get there and know nothing about space travel and (laughs) would not do well in those situations be a real Sandra Bullock yeah. on our hands. Uh, I'm afraid we've lost another astronaut, <laughs> but his heart was into it. <laughs> he did want to be an astronaut since he was a child. He did not go to school for <laughs> any sort of thing <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's great. So you you bite, you missed out on yeah. the postcard era of yeah, the show. <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, yeah, the online test is uh, is. Uh, incredibly stressful, and it seems like it should be easy. Mm-hmm. I think it. I, can't, I think it's uh, fifty questions, mm-hmm. uh, and you have twelve seconds for each question. It might be fifteen seconds, but you have a limited amount of time, mm-hmm. uh, and they accept partial answers. So if they know what you're going for, they'll give you credit for it. So it's you uh, have to type in the answer. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a like a little flash. Oh, game. cool! And so a, a, a clue will pop up, and you type in your answer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then at the end, then the, and you see a little time running down. The time runs down. Next question pops up. That is stressful. And it's one of those things where it doesn't seem like it would be a, a big deal. Like it seems like it's like, oh, I, I should be able to get through this. And all of a sudden, it'll be things like, this is the capital of the United States of America. And it's gone. <laughs> like, it's just, and it, it, it would be fine. Like, that's a piece of information that should be so easy to call up. But when you have that, that little clock yeah. running in the corner, it's terrifying. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I was just talking to uh, John O'Toole, a fellow Chicago improviser recently, because he took the online test like two or three weeks ago and he basically said the same thing he was like i've been playing a lot of quiz up to try to prepare for it and i was not prepared i think this was the second time he had taken the the test just because he felt like he wasn't prepared just because of the stress that is involved in that but i mean when you're actually on the show there's gonna be even more so i guess it's a good way to (laughs) prep you for it so you took the online test what was the timeline like after that well, uh, one of the things that's even more stressful about it is they don't, you never find out how you did. Oh, really? Uh, and you, you think, I'll look up the answers later to see how I did, but you, you don't you have don't. time to memorize any yeah. of those questions. Yeah, how so. would you remember all of them? Yeah, and so you uh, you just have this period where it's like you finish the test, no idea how you did on it, what, uh, you, what you got right, what you missed. And I think when I did it, it was about a month went by, and then uh, I get a... Uh, uh, an email that's just congratulations you have qualified for an in-person audition that's awesome and that's, i can't imagine <laughs> oh, that's, that's one of those things where it's like it's just you in the kitchen jumping up and down and yeah. like, like the air <laughs> yeah and, how can it not be that's amazing uh, and then you that's also the point though where you realize it's like oh no i've only made it to round two <laughs> right with who knows how many other ten thousand people right uh, but uh, they then give you a list of here's all the cities we're going to be in here's the dates cool we're gonna be in those cities pick one that's awesome. I, I would have figured that you would have had to go to California. Where So you went to, or did they do one in Chicago? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. 
Yeah, and uh, we had people. It was amazing because most of the people were from the Chicago area, or at least the, the Midwest. Uh huh. But we had people like for, we had a one woman from West Virginia. Interesting. And she was outstanding. And I'll actually I'll get to her. Okay. Later, but uh, yeah, they just like rented out a hotel uh, banquet room. Right. Um, and you show up super early in the morning. Boof. <laughs> and meet the most chipper, enthusiastic, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed human beings you have ever met. I can imagine in your life. Yeah. And that you, doesn't surprise me at all, especially when you watch the show and you think about all the, the people in the Clue crew and stuff yeah. like that. They're all so freaking perky. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, it's, uh, oh, it's a <laughs> uh, And what's great is that they, uh, and from beginning to end, this is what surprised me so much, is they have done something like 6,000 episodes of the show now. That's insane. Uh, and uh, every single person who's involved with it, uh, even the people who've been there for a decade or more, uh-huh. uh, even though it's just their job, they know for people who are... I have this chance. Right. What a, what a big deal it is. Right. And they don't ever play it down. Like they, cool. they understand it and they play into like like we're going to be. It's like we're going to film your episode today. We're also going to film ten more episodes today. Right. We're all going to see. Right. You know, we're going to do this again next week and the week after that. And the week after that. That's but so today, funny. It's a party. It's your day. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I gosh, I never would have thought about that aspect of the production. Mm-hmm. That I mean, I guess I thought about it for for Trebrett. For Trebek, because mm. he's there all the time, and he's a pretty, he's a pretty cool cucumber. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the fact that everyone else still tries to make it uh, an experience for all the contestants—that's oh, really cool. It was, it was awesome. The whole thing was fun from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, so you did the in-person audition, which is uh, they do another version of the online test, but now it's, it's just written, so they just give you a okay. sheet of paper. And it's uh, same thing, 50 questions. You have uh, 12 seconds per question. Do they give you how to, do they give you like the answers or the questions on separate sheets of paper? Like how do they, oh, they control just whether a, you, they just, they just give you, oh wow, interesting. And then they just read them off. So it's, they read it and they put it up on the screen. And that's it. Clock time's down. Next one. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, and uh, that one, our group, they, they took them back and they're like, all right, wait here and we'll score them. And like half an hour later, they come back out. All right, everyone, we're going to give you all another written test. Oh, God. And it was apparently they, there wasn't enough variation scores. Like huh. everyone did either so well or so poorly. I have no idea. Interesting that there weren't enough. They take, you know, 10 out of 100 or whatever, and there weren't enough 10 outliers. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. Uh, and so they, uh, so we did a second one. They went back and scored those. Uh-huh. And then there's, they don't have like a thing where it's like, all right, you all qualified, you didn't. Again, right. you never find out how you did. Oh, God. Um, but then they have you play a mock version of the game show. Cool. Uh, uh, and it's just like you expect. It's just like a little like a little app they have up on a screen. Uh-huh. Um, you, you, you buzz in, and they don't care if you actually buzz in on time. They just want to see how you react. All right. So for me, at one point, they uh, was uh, the, the the clue was this is the capital of Costa Rica, uh-huh. and I I could not remember it uh, and so it's like I, I knew it was in there uh-huh. so I heard the other two people buzz in so I waited just like a little like a second or two and I was like okay now that it's safe I'm gonna buzz in <laughs> yeah. so they don't think I didn't know the capital of Costa and then they still called on me oh, like, oh no, no. <laughs> and I think I said San Juan which is Puerto Rico yeah. right yeah that was the only thing I could think of too what's the capital of Costa Rica I've completely forgotten I don't know I don't know uh, either uh, we'll never know San that was the moment where I was like, oh, I've clearly blown it. <laughs> I really thought I'd outsmarted the system. Oh, no. That's so funny that uh, <laughs> that they don't even care who come, brings yeah. in first. Yeah, I think it was, I think they may have, have, at this point, again, doing this along, knowing it's like, he's trying to get out of this. Right. <laughs> don't try to impress us, kid. That's <laughs> so funny. But you still made it through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, at the end of it, they uh, all they tell you is congratulations uh, for for doing the in person audition. Uh, sometime in the next eighteen months, you will you will or will not get a phone call. Oh gosh! And it's uh, that's crazy. And they give you the call three weeks before your episode is going to tape. Wow. Uh, and so it, you have no idea, like until you get until you actually get the phone call. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't know if you qualified or didn't qualify. Should you be waiting? Should right. you be expecting it? Right. And. Uh, for mine, mine was uh, up, my 18-month period was going to be up, I think, in uh, November, I think it was at the end of November, mm-hmm. was the end of my eligibility. So you were je- I, seriously at the end of the uh, waiting period. Yeah. 
Huh. And I, I had, com I had actually completely forgotten about it. Yeah. And then I had a, like, you have one missed call from Sony Picture Studios. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was, I was at work, and so I was listening to, uh, I had like. Like a, I was listening through my computer's headset uh -huh. to the voicemail and writing down all the information, and there's there's just so much so many things yeah. like here's everything you need to bring with you, and I kept having coworkers because I'm the office administrator at my job, so I have people who are coming up like needing supplies or needing to reserve conference rooms, uh -huh. and it's just always like, hold on, I'm on a very important hold call. On one second. Yeah, this takes priority over the running of this business. <laughs> <laughs> where do you what's what is where are you the office administrator? Oh, it's a company called Server Central. Your data belongs here. It's a uh, data colocation and cloud services firm. Cool. So if, if you if your company has a, a web server or just a, a server in general, right. we're the ones who take it for you, put it in a room, and plug it into the internet. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been with them just a year and a half now, I think. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That was actually, I used to work on cruise ships, and that was my temp job between cruise ship gigs. Right, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's one of the most difficult part of parts of, um, especially, specifically people going on, like, three or four month uh, gigs through Second City yeah. on, on the Norwegian cruise line. I'm assuming that's something that you've done. Uh, I actually did a different... Gig. I, I was doing uh, Hairspray the Musical. That is on, awesome. On a, a, a Royal Caribbean. Royal show. Caribbean. Yeah. How for? And so, how long would your contracts be? Uh, I had two short contracts, but they were almost back to back, so it ended up being exactly one year to the day, almost. Oh wow! I think it was one year and one day was the last huh. time, and I had like a little break in the middle. Cool. So, I, but I think that's like the hardest part about. Being a performer in that situation is oh, yeah. you got finding jobs in between mm -hmm. or after or even you know f f leasing an apartment, yeah. <laughs> finding someone to lease it while you're gone, maybe having somewhere to live afterwards. I can't imagine it's not something that I've had to do. Uh, yeah, I had a I had some friends who were doing the Norwegian ones, mm -hmm. and that was one of the challenges. It's like. Finding someone who not only wants to sublet your place, mm -hmm. but also doesn't mind that a bunch of your stuff is it's there. It's still going to be there, yeah. And also that pain of like, we're only going to be gone for four months. Do we want to like move like literally all of our possessions into storage right. and right back out again? Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the key, I think what's becoming the key is people um, just kind of round-robbing like mm -hmm. when, when one friend is on a cruise ship <laughs> and then like another friend comes into their spot and then they get back and someone else goes. It's just this weird part of, uh, of being a performer that somehow becomes normal in a weird way. It's like a, it's like a Chicago landlord's nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, yeah. My landlord would absolutely hate that. Uh, but my roommate's thinking about going on tour with, uh, just, uh, theater company, oh, cool. uh, which is what she did before she moved to Chicago. And she was like, nah, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Not right now. I need to be in one place for a while. And she's been here for a year now. So she's like, all right, I can go do that again. Um, but yeah, subletter. And I'm like, cool. We'll figure uh -huh. that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll figure that out. When Let me know when you actually tell your nannying job that you're going to leave. <laughs> what, what's the, uh, what's the show or the company? Uh, she worked, was, she worked with, two different um, children's theater companies mm -hmm. and one of them was uh, both of them were two person touring teams yeah so it was her, her and a male would uh, take children's theater shows on the road one of them the most recent one was uh, with Bright Star out of uh, Asheville North Carolina and she did um, A Christmas Carol and <laughs> uh a mashup of like it, it was basically like gifts of the magi okay. uh plus like a couple of other smaller kind of folk tales like that um so she <laughs> played like you know i think uh so eli weatherby who's also a chicago improviser ended up being her tour partner on 
uh, Bright Star, and this was before she had moved to Chicago, but she had intentions of moving to Chicago, so she got paired up with a guy who's also a Chicago actor, which was so weird, and like he and I had a bunch of mutual friends, so I was like, hey, yeah, I know who that person is, and she was like, what are the odds of this happening? Another small, weird Chicago thing. It's like, let me tell you about your future. Right, yeah, so he played Scrooge, and she played all the other characters, and those are kind of the most of the things that she's done, the the touring company before that was called Hampstead, which is out of New Hampshire, and she did uh, Pinocchio was one of them, uh, Wizard of Oz. I actually got to see um, two summers ago that her tour came through close to Chicago, and so she stayed in Chicago for a few days, and I got to see the Wizard of Oz production they did. Was this the two-person Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So they, uh, so every scene was only two characters at a time, but the guy played, like, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the Cowardly Lion, and she played, like, pretty much everything else. She played, like, the Wicked Witch and Dorothy, and, like... The guard at the front of <laughs> you want Emerald to see the City. wizard? Yeah, yeah. She she uh, she based her um, character as the guard for the Wizard of Oz on like Tobias Funke. <laughs> so she <laughs> so she was playing it as though Tobias Funke was playing the guard at a at Emerald <laughs> City, which like she got way more entertainment out of than any small children would, but. <laughs> She's so funny uh, that every once in a while getting to hear stories of that are are, are fun times. Uh, I never, that was way off topic. Oh yeah. but. <laughs> I never would have considered that as like like the inspiration for that character. Uh-huh. I love it. <laughs> Isn't that great? As soon as she told me, I died. Like, cause she it was just like a phone conversation when she was between one city and another or something like that, or maybe still in New Hampshire before they had started touring. We were just catching up, and she was like, "Get this." <laughs> I laughed so hard, uh, and then I remembered that Tobias used to be a really one of my favorite names. Like, if I ever had children, I would love to have a son named Tobias, but now I can't because that character just ruined that name for all Tobiases everywhere. It's a cloud hanging over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to know about the woman from West Virginia. Oh, she was wonderful because uh, everyone else is just. Like, every, it's everyone you'd expect to see at a Jeopardy audition. Like, mm-hmm. just the nerdiest of the nerds. Yeah. And, like, people who are, like, showing up, like, in, like, just absolute dapper suits. Yeah. People who are wearing, like, some people are, like, wearing, like, their World of Warcraft shirts. Yes, uh, God. Oh, that sounds amazing. And, and, and people, like, there's some people who... What'd you wear? Uh, uh, Your police box sweatshirt? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Called out. I uh, love it. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think I just wore, like, a sweater vest. Yeah. Like, I get just, like... Which makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I wanted to look professorly. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, this lady from Virginia showed up wearing uh, a white t-shirt and uh, overalls, uh-huh. uh, like, like, like bib overalls, uh, like, like, like work boots. Like like she had got, like she had like like driven her tractor Stepped from off of a farm. That's yeah. amazing. And uh, she was uh, she was and she really did look like who you would expect to see working on a farm. Like she was like six foot two, uh-huh. just this 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 massive burly like. That's amazing. Like if the tractor broke down, she would have just towed it behind her oh, the rest of the way. She sounds incredible. Uh, oh, just like right out of central casting. Uh, <laughs> and uh, her interview, like the, when they do the mock interview, of, mm-hmm. like so tell us a little about yourself. It couldn't have been any more awkward. They're just things like, uh, so what, what do you like to do for a living? Or so what do you do for a living? It's like, oh, I work on uh, work on my uh, my family shop. What do they oh. sell? Odds and ends. No. <laughs> like oh just, my god. Like, like wouldn't give up any information, Odds but everyone was. But it was all so uh, earnest that like yeah. everyone was just loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then do you get, know if she got on the show? I really hope. I need to keep god, watching. I hope so. <laughs> well, and that was the other part. Is here's this kind of you know hick from West Virginia. Uh, it's like, oh, isn't she adorable? Mm. And then when they actually got to the mock game. It was embarrassing. She crushed. It was oh, that doesn't crushing doesn't begin. That's to incredible. It. She has to have gotten on. How oh, could they have not? Yeah. That would be like the ideal candidate. And I want to say she was like the second round of people to go up, mm. and it was disheartening. She was she was so good that like however it was how intimidating. Much, however much confidence you had was wiped away. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. She works in a shop in West Virginia where they sell odds and ends and yeah. also happens to be maybe a genius. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was incredible. And it didn't matter the topic, too. 
That's it was so like, cool. Like identify the artist behind this work, and she like knew every, like we just like run the category. Identify. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, who was the, who was the second to last prime minister of this Eastern European country? Oh, is this person? Like, oh my god. She just knew everything. That's that's the thing about Jeopardy that intimidates me about it is that there are some things that I'm just that are just black holes of knowledge mm-hmm. where I'm concerned. Like I would never know the yeah. next <laughs> to last prime minister of any country. Uh, is Tony Blair still the Prime Minister of England? No. Then he's the next to last one, right? No. There's been a couple since then? Yeah. See, I got nothing. <laughs> I told you, I've got nothing. Uh, and we've had, uh, I think it's, I want to say the current one is Nick Clegg? That Nick, sounds like vaguely unless, familiar. Unless he's the opposition in Parliament. Oh no. I, see, I could never be on the show again. Uh, <laughs> you uh, were ahead of me, anyway. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so yeah, there's this 18 months where nothing happens. Uh-huh. Uh, then you get the call to be on the show. Uh-huh. And the the good news is if you're on the show, even if you come in dead last, even if you finish with negative balance, you still get at least $1,000. Nice. So third place gets 1000 second place gets 2000 and first place gets whatever they win. It at least covers your travel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. nice. Um, although one of the things they've explained is that there's actually a new clause in the contract just in the last few years called the Jennings Clause. Which is if you have to come back, where if if you uh, win so many episodes that you have to leave and then fly back, right? Uh, they will now start paying for your transportation. Wow, that makes sense. That's awesome. The Jennings clause. <laughs> He's the best. I have a Ken Jennings, Ken Jennings trivia book that is like is remarkable. I used to do uh, pub trivia a lot in college, like my senior year, and uh, the summer after I graduated, and I. I think I got it for Christmas or for a birthday or something. And we would, on car trips and stuff like that, we would just flip through. And it has, like, trivia a day. Mm-hmm. So you could do it every day. I don't, but I could. But it's a really fun thing for car trip car trips, and it's impossibly <laughs> difficult, mostly. Okay. So whenever you get to a category, every once in a while I'll have a category that's more manageable. I guess it depends on, you know, what your knowledge base is, but... It's well, great. That's actually one of the things they talk about when they're prepping you to, to go on the show. Is it's like, so here's the thing everyone in the room needs to realize. Uh, you passed the online test, which is almost impossible. Yeah. You passed the written test, and you passed the, uh, the mock game, which is almost impossible. That's so great. So if you're in this room, you are more than qualified to be a Jeopardy champion. Oh, that's like, awesome. Trust us, you could do that. That's so uh, cool. What's going to determine that, yeah, it'll be how fast you are and, and, and what you're, and if you, uh, and who's smarter and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's going to be, maybe today's the day your category comes up. Right, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe absolutely. T- or, or maybe today's the day that none of your opponent's categories come up. Mm-hmm. But also, maybe today's the day that it, you just happen to get all physics questions uh-huh. and you know nothing about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so believe, trust us at this point, it really is luck. <laughs> That's like, so. I, I guess I never really would have thought about that being as much of a factor mm-hmm. as I'm sure it is. Oh yeah. Uh, what was your what what was your interview like? What did you talk about? The fact that you were a performer. Well, they uh, uh, they had you fill out a form and they uh, asked you like like what what are five things you would mm-hmm. uh, talk to Alex about? Mm-hmm. And they pick their favorite three. And then just before the show, they ask you which one you want to do. And, oh. my, and mine was, just like I said, it would be like, oh, oh, I do, I do these shows in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've been doing this show for 10 years. I've been doing this show for, for a, a couple of years now. Uh, so I, I was all prepped for that. And they even like circled that one and highlighted the, yeah. the points on the card. Oh, no. And, uh, I don't like where this story is going. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like already, it's like I have I have my, my bits ready in my I'm head. I'm going to talk about world news tonight. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to talk about comedy sports. Yeah. <laughs> So I have my bullet points ready. He's like, so, it says here that you used to dress up in a weird outfit on a cruise ship. Oh, like, oh no! <laughs> <Try back. laughs> so you talked about Hairspray. Yeah. What role did you play in Hairspray? Uh, several. Uh, okay. Mo- mostly uh, Wilbur. Uh, Which Tra- is? Tracy's dad. Oh, that's uh, great. So Jerry Stiller in the original and uh, uh, Christopher Chris Walken. Chris Walken, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I also played... Uh, that song is one of the one of my favorites. Uh, Timeless to me. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the film version, which I think is a fine mm-hmm. translation of that musical. Um, but I would say that's one of my favorite scenes. It's just, they really captured the the whimsy of yeah. what that song can be. And that was, uh, well, actually, 
about that that like that song. What I love about it, and uh, there was a, a guy who uh, on the ship who uh, I don't can't remember what his his official job was, but he would go from ship to ship as sort of quality control. Oh yeah. So he would spend like a week here, a week there. Mm-hmm. And uh, watching the show, he had such a great note, which is uh, when I was doing the ships, I was like, I think I think my thirtieth birthday was while we were in rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said he's like he's like you you do a great job in the show. I will tell you this, uh, you're thirty years old. For someone to really understand what th- what these two characters have. You should come back and do this again when you're 50. Oh. <laughs> you're like, okay. He's, he's like, and you're, I'll he's accept like, that. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, you're great. You're killing it. You just don't know yet. <laughs> That's so funny. Have, did you ever play Edna? No, I didn't. Uh, the uh, I actually got to play uh, with two different actors as Edna. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing. One of the actors they hired was, he got the gig when he was 23 years old. Oh my gosh. Uh, which is... Uh, way too young. Yeah, but, I can't but, imagine that character that young. Uh, but he, he did great. Good. And the other guy, uh, Brian Kalinowski, is who I did my second contract with. And uh, he is a professional drag queen from <laughs> New York. Fantastic. Uh, I would I would think that a majority of people who play that role uh, are. Uh, his, uh, his, his character where he is uh, uh, Fabrizia Couch. Fabrizia <laughs> Couch. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, his uh, his audition piece for for the uh, when he auditioned for them uh-huh. was uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls from Little Mermaid. Oh, of course it was. And God, he used to do it as a cabaret act uh, on the ship just on uh, Thursday nights, uh-huh. and that was one of those numbers where it's like he would say, so "I'm going to be singing Ursula the Sea Witch, uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls from Little Mermaid," and you'd kind of get like know, in costume or, or in drag or oh, just in, like like a like a like tuxedo vest and that's great, uh, and you'd kind of get that vibe from the audience of of like. Really? What is? And then by the end of it, everyone's like, "Yes, yes, yes!" That sounds incredible. Uh, I mean, I I can't imagine how tight knit those kinds of companies become. Oh yeah. Well, uh, there's also there can be a lot of tension too. (laughs) Uh, We got uh, we had a weird thing where uh, the gig that we were doing it was the first time they'd ever done a full scale musical on a ship, Mm -hmm. Um, and so they had uh, it's the first time they ever had to hire character actors. Like they've either hired like. There like, was it was the first time they've ever done a full scale musical on a cruise mm-hmm. ship, and they've always done musical reviews. But that's like you just hire your wow. your, your four to six singers. I guess I never would have realized that. Yeah, it's it's because it's just you just we'll take like a jukebox musical. Yeah, like, of course. And this was the first time they did like an that's actual, so cool. Yeah, and they they tried to get Mamma Mia, but they couldn't get the rights to it. Uh, I think Hairspray is more fun, personally. Uh, well, Mamma Mia is on the next ship. Oh really? <laughs> so they, they finally got it. Well, that's great. But. but uh, there were three of us who it's like we've never had to hire just regular comedy or character actors before, mm-hmm. so they didn't have a category for us. Like we we weren't we weren't we weren't uh, featured uh, players. We weren't dancers. We weren't singers. So they literally uh, just made us passengers every week. Really? So instead of being having like a crew card, uh, we would sign onto the ship as if we were a regular passenger. What? Like you know, like like going through like you know checking our passports, getting getting. Wasn't the credit that card way payment. more work for you guys? Oh, so much more. That ca- I can't imagine. And the worst part was because it was uh, all being handled through immigration, it meant that every Saturday we had to get off the ship at 7.30 in the morning, go through customs, passport checks, stamp stamp. What a nightmare. And then if we, unless we had uh, errands to run, Mm -hmm. we would then go sit outside on the laptop, get Wi-Fi, and wait for them to open up the ship again so we could go back to our rooms. (laughs) That's crazy. Did Did you still get like the benefits of being crew members? Uh, we got both. It was great. Oh, okay. Cause, cause That's good. We, we did have like an ID thing that would show that it's like, yes, we do good. work here. Good. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, because we were passengers, we didn't have to follow the dress code. Oh, we didn't have to do... that is great. Okay. <laughs> okay. My, my favorite part. You kind of got to pick and choose perks. Oh, it was great. <laughs> the, the, uh, one of the, the upsides and downsides was they had a lot of fine dining restaurants on the ship. Mm-hmm. So now and then we would go out to those restaurants and uh, like we'd sit down and there'd be that moment where... Uh, like, you know, they would have been packed that night, so we would have gotten one of the last reservations. There's no more room for anyone else. And then they would realize, as they're taking our order, it's like, wait a minute. I've seen you before. <laughs> and then they, then, you're Wilbur. Oh, and the maitre d' would just get furious because they had given, that meant that we had gotten oh, a table that could have per- Oh, no. <laughs> and it was one of those things like, ah, sorry. Uh, I, it's, it's, this says I'm a passenger. Yeah, it's like, look, here's the, here's the, here's the paperwork. You know, my hands are tied. <laughs> I have to eat dinner here tonight. There's nothing I can do about it. Oh, that's so great. Well, at least there was still a fun thing to talk about oh, yeah. with, with Trebek. 
I feel like those uh, interviews are so hit or miss, typically. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, uh, okay, like that was funny. I'll root for this man or woman to, because their story is cool or something like that. I feel like I would do that if I saw yours. I'd be like, this guy used to be in Hairspray on Christians? Cool. I'll root for him. Well, <laughs> uh, the Hairspray thing actually came into play later in the game. Really? Because uh, the next, for, for Double Jeopardy, mm -hmm. uh, and it's the thing that was like, I, I, both of us, like the second place person, I, well, at this point going into Double Jeopardy, mm -hmm. uh, I was in third place. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I'd only gotten one question wrong, though, so I was very proud nice. of Nice. Uh, so going into Double Jeopardy, and the third category on the board is uh, movie musicals by songs. Yes! And I was like, yes! 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 That's like, This great. is my time to shine! <laughs> oh, and, I would destroy that category. Oh, uh, it, 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 was, it was perfect. Like, I, I, it could not have Did been... Did they give you, like, three songs from each one? They gave you uh, two songs. Two songs, two songs. And uh, the second... Uh, the second clue was uh, Good Morning Baltimore, Good morning, Baltimore. And Welcome <laughs> to the 60s uh, and I the buzzer and my, my lights on my podium never come on oh, no. I'm like what? and the person to my left had buzzed in and oh. she goes what is hairspray? No. And I, like, for, forgetting to, like, keep any sense of composure on, on national television uh, actually, like, just, like, threw a fist in the air and just went oh! <laughs> Like I was, I was so mad that uh, and, uh, and uh and she and I have actually have actually talked like later uh, uh -huh. after the show and then we've also kept in touch on Facebook and what Where is she from? Uh, she is from Ottawa. Cool. Uh, and she uh, she runs uh, she is a retired antique shop owner. That's great. <laughs> and uh, she actually said she's like if you hadn't if we hadn't literally just, just had that conversation, I never would have remembered it oh, in a million no, years. That's the... Oh, it was it was crushing. That is so crushing. <laughs> Did you get some of the other questions oh, yeah. in the category? Oh, okay, good, oh, good, okay. good, good, good. Actually, the only one I uh, I didn't answer it was uh, at the, the very last one was uh, "Let's Hear It for the Boy," and I don't know what the other song Let's was. You're doing exactly what I did. Oh, like, I know. I know that it's like you know that you know it. Is it? Is it like Footloose? Yeah. 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 I wouldn't have known it in the moment. Maybe with the other song paired with it, but I, I, I wish I could remember what it was. But it, it really was frustrating to get the last one. It's like no, no. no this, I have... this, this is supposed to be my. I moment. need this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are absolutely the kind of categories that I would be all over too. And, and like whenever I'm watching, it's like you know. TV sitcoms or something like that. I'm like, okay, got this. And then the next category is like world geography. Oh. oh no, no, thank you. The third longest rivers by country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like there are some things too. The fun thing about watching Jeopardy for me, like you mentioned this close to the top, is when you know something that you have no clue why you know it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, the question comes up, especially if it's a final Jeopardy, and you're just like, oh, it's this. What? Yeah. <laughs> you just surprise yourself with your own knowledge. It was in there. It was in there. <laughs> yeah, every, I feel like at this point, when I watch Jeopardy the most is uh, over, like, holidays with my yeah. family, and my dad is really, so I'm, both my parents are really smart. We always enjoyed watching Jeopardy together, because there would always be moments where one of us would know something mm -hmm. and the others would just be like, cool, wow. Um, but my dad, I, I don't remember what the final Jeopardy question was, but I knew, and I knew it, and I said it like right after they read the question and everyone else was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'll take your word for it. And that was it. And I was like, okay, great job, whatever. Probably because I had really good parenting. <laughs> I don't want to take all the credit. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but you, uh, where do your parents live now? Uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. Okay, so they're yeah. still in Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're both both born in Florida, I think. And uh, I think my dad's born in Florida. Yeah, he had to have been. That's where, <laughs> that's where he's from. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. mom was born in Florida, but she moved around a lot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're both uh, born more or less raised in Florida. And uh, the weird part was we... Uh, uh, after the the taping, mm -hmm. uh, after my day of taping, uh, we actually met a family member who my mom hasn't seen since the 1960s. What? Uh, who has the strangest life story I think I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Out in California? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, now he's a yoga teacher. He used to be uh, like a, an ar- like army ranger, special forces. What? Uh, I don't know, you know what his what his rank was, but uh, he would uh, like like uh, he was like the guy who would like. Okay, we have some hostages. Mm-hmm. We're going to send you in to extract them. Oh, oh by the God. way, we disavow knowledge of your uh, of your unit's existence. Yeah. Oh, so, God. Like, like he was that sort of like super elite. That's crazy. And uh, then moved back to California eventually, like and decided, you know what? I'm tired of. When I mean, he actually became a trainer, like he was the guy who would like train people. Like, all right, so you want to uh, quietly assassinate a dictator? Oh my God. And he's like, you know what? I'm tired of teaching. He like he if he were a modern soldier. He would have been on like SEAL Team Six kind yeah. of thing. That's crazy. And uh, he's like, you know what? I'm tired. How is it relation to your family? Do you know? Oh, how is she? How is he related to your mom? Uh, cousin, I think. Okay. And uh, yeah, so she she knew him like when they were like you know really little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's like, you know what? I've I've uh, I think I've had enough of uh of teaching people how to kill other people. I'm gonna be a yoga instructor. <laughs> and uh, but he did have a period like in the 80s and 90s. Where uh, his his other job besides being a yoga teacher was uh, he would be the guy for like uh, specifically Die Hard Predator and Die Hard Two, where it's like oh we're gonna have this, these uh, special forces mo- you know moments where we're actually gonna have uh, combat scenes. So he was the guy who would sit on the set as their consultant to make oh, sure they were getting awesome. the details right. Oh man, that's so cool. When I was uh, when I was in high school, I got really into CSI and like the show, mm-hmm. and uh, I. Uh, was also had intentions of going to college to be a forensic scientist and so but also you know most of my friends and family knew that I was a performer as well mm-hmm. so everyone was like you should just work for that show and tell them when they're doing things right or not and just like this very specific job that for some reason lots of people would tell me that that's what I should do <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, that's a thing that I have the capability of doing, kind of, but I'm not a forensic scientist yet. <laughs> they, they, they would probably hire an actual Someone forensic scientist. Someone who is a forensic scientist? <laughs> so, I mean, maybe the show will still be on the air by the time I became a forensic scientist, <laughs> but I would probably have to be a forensic scientist before that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you could be a, a consultant for a show about hairspray to make sure they were doing things right. No, no, no. This is all wrong. At this point, you should be changing into the pink jacket. <laughs> what other roles did you do besides Wilbert? Uh, well, during the opening song, uh, Good Morning Baltimore, there's the one lyric which is, uh, um, Good Morning Baltimore, uh, there's the flasher who lives next door. Yes. There's the, there's drunk... the flasher who lives next uh, There's the drunk on his barroom stool. Uh, I wish me luck on the way to school. And I was both the flasher I and the drunk. I luck on the way to school. <laughs> and uh, which meant that during that during that, that period, like, you know, there's the flasher who lives next door. The flash. There's the drunk on his barroom stool. I was both of those characters. So they had a, uh, like a, a door frame just in the middle of the stage. So I do a thing where I would do the flash, uh-huh. uh, and someone and would... show everyone your whole naked body. Well, my back was to the audience, but yes, I mean, <laughs> show... but like you were showing everyone your whole naked oh, body, in my, right? In my, in my okay, head, cool, yes. cool, cool, cool. Just to make sure, and, uh, <laughs> they actually had a, the costume rigged up so the uh, the collar of the the coat it had like like a little dicky sewn in, so I had like a shirt and tie. <laughs> uh, so when I do this, the, the velcro would rip open. Uh-huh. So I would go around the corner of the uh, of the door, and as soon as I was behind the door. There was a dancer there who had ripped the jacket off, and I had these Velcro uh, straps that were holding up the pants legs underneath. So I'd snap those off, the pants legs would drop, uh, and then I would like flip off the hat that I was wearing. Uh-huh. And now I have an entire new suit underneath. That's all of that. so cool! It would open the door immediately, like, holding a, like a liquor bottle. That's so cool! The, the whole change was like less than three seconds. Oh my god! Uh, and that was the that was like you know, the first two minutes of the show. Yeah. Uh, and Once then you make it through that, it's like, <laughs> we're all downhill from here. <laughs> well, you would think they, they, they managed to write in one costume change that was such a nightmare because it was so drastic, which is that with the, the guy who did the wigs, uh, mm-hmm. Bert, uh, was an amazing wig artist. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all the characters had these very, uh, just astoundingly well-crafted and well-maintained wigs. Cool. Uh, and so one of the scenes, uh, the song, uh, I Can Hear the Bells, mm-hmm. they have the whole, I like, can hear the bells. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the whole wedding scene happens, and then uh, at the end of the scene, I walk off stage with Edna, and we had it 
it was so well choreographed because I also had to play the principal who sends Tracy to detention. Oh, funny. Which is the exact next scene. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's, uh, I think it's, there's like 40 seconds between those two characters when Wilbur leaves and the principal enters. Uh-huh. And the costume change was we would get off stage uh, and as soon as we were clear of the uh, of sight lines, uh-huh. uh, I would just break into a sprint and I would, <laughs> I would, uh, I would peel off the... Uh, or I'd, I'd rip off the bow tie, uh-huh. uh, take off the jacket, and then uh, the woman who played Motormouth uh-huh. would be standing in the dressing room door, and I would run by her and just throw the top <laughs> half of my costume into her arms. As I would, then I would like turn a, like a sharp left uh, on the linoleum floor, which wearing jazz shoes is always uh, a dangerous proposition. Uh, and uh, I would uh, take off the wig as I was running, flip off the two suspenders I was wearing, and there was another dancer there who's uh, holding... Uh, a, a, another special wig. So I'd take off this wig, lean my head forward, and he would put that wig on my head like oh I just headbutt into it. Uh, he would take that wig out of my hands, put it on the dummy. Uh, at this point, I would have taken the, the pants I was wearing had, like, off. and I had like tearaway another... pants or something like that? Or were no, they just, just regular just pants? Just regular old pants? With, uh, with, with wool ones underneath, so I've just done an entire dance number wearing two layers two of wool of pants. pants. Oh my God. Uh, uh, and, so at, and then I would uh, be putting on another bow tie. While I'm putting on that bow tie... This, the dancer, again, is like adjusting the wig and then holding up the jacket, which I put on the jacket over that. And then the last thing is I turn and he would just have a pair of fake glasses that he would just like throw into my face. And then I would like sprint, again, another left-hand turn on a slick linoleum floor, run upstairs, get backstage again. And then it would all, it was almost perfectly timed where it's like get backstage and then walk out as the principal. That's incredible. Do the one line of that character delivers. Of course. And then go back again. off and get back into a yeah. costume for Wilbur. Yeah, literally the exact same costume I'd just been wearing 30 seconds earlier. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and my favorite part was that the glasses would get so smudged up because there's like, like fog and yeah. there's people touching them and mm-hmm. they're in there in pockets and makeup and whatnot. And at one point, they'd gotten so badly smudged that I'd, I'd do the thing with Tracy and I turn and there's a set, the drop had this revolving door. Mm-hmm. Like center panel, <clears throat> so the door would twist one way, and I would go through this side while all the dancers were entering through the oh, uh, sure. the other side with all the set pieces they're about to set. Mm-hmm. And one of the shows, uh, the, the glare from the work lights was hitting the the smudges on the glasses just right, so I was completely just couldn't blind. Couldn't see anything. And so instead of exiting, I just uh, went full on <laughs> face the... first and just like did a complete bounce. And the thing was made out of like a, it was like a box kite almost, where it's uh-huh. like. Like the like aluminum or iron or, or a steel uh-huh. uh, box frame, so okay. it was just it was just like you know Tracy Turnblad, clang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, what I'm getting out of this is that that experience gave you a lot of practice in um, being on your toes and having <laughs> to do things under pressure, oh, yeah. <laughs> like answering a lot of Jeopardy questions. Yes. <laughs> That's how I'm going to tie it back in. Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I also know that was something else that you considered talking about, so I'm glad that oh, yeah. we've uh, discussed that, too. Because I think it's... Stones. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they were associated, because you ended up talking about that when you were on Jeopardy. <laughs> um, well, has... Uh, have you been watching this show since you were on it? Yes. Uh, anxiously, or uh, eagerly, too. Yeah. The, uh, um, the week, lead, the week before mine, uh-huh. uh, leading up to it, one of the contestants actually ends up going on an incredible run. Cool. Uh, and so I'm eager to see when that starts, because I know right. that... that oh, I, yeah, right, because you have no way of knowing when he started. Well, and they also had a weird little thing, which is they're, they're doing the, uh, was it the Tournament of the Decades? Oh, like I think I heard something about that. Are they bringing back a bunch of yeah. former champions? Yeah, from like the 80s, 90s, 2000s. Cool. Um, when did... It was... How long ago was it that they changed the rules that you could come back more than, what was it? Five what, times. Five times? That's what I thought. I don't remember when they changed it. It Wasn't it right before Ken Jennings came on the show? Uh, there was one other guy who had another amazing Big run. Big run? Yeah, uh, 19 episodes. Oh, okay. Uh, his name was, uh, I want to say Steve Madden. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, th- I think that was his name, Some, something Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had 19 episodes in a row, and that Shoot was guys. just, no one could have imagined Anyone winning 19 episodes yeah, of Jeopardy. I remember that. And, and then, then Ken came on and just <laughs> blew it away. <laughs> he was 73. Something ridiculous like that. Uh, he actually has uh, one distinction, which is he's the only person who's actually been still taping episodes while his episodes were airing. 
Really? And that's this, cool. What started happening is like people would show up, like new contestants would come in. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to be on and the... And then Kit... Son! <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Like he used to be sitting there behind the like, fruit plate. Me, like, that everyone. is so funny. But he's so... He's seemingly so not an asshole, oh, which no. is refreshing. <laughs> they actually loved him. Like, yeah. All, like, all the contestant crew absolutely adored him. And one of the things I didn't, that they, like, they tell a bunch of stories just to kind of let you know some of the history of the show. And mm-hmm. one of my favorites is that Ken uh, uh, hadn't told anyone. Oh. Like, like his, his wife knew, and she'd been coming to the tapings. I want to say, like, his brother knew. Uh-huh. But he hadn't told his, his co-workers. That's crazy. He hadn't told his friends. He hadn't told his parents uh-huh. that he was even on the show. Wow. Uh, and part of it was he just didn't want the pressure of, of like... Living up to everyone's yeah. expectations and yeah. stuff. Yeah, how much did you win? Yeah. And at one point, he's getting ready to go on, and they're like, hey, can you realize that your first episode is going to start airing next week? That's crazy. And so he's like, oh my God. Oh God, I, I have to actually tell people. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the way he told his parents is the first episode, the, the day that his first episode was going to air also happened to be a day he was taping. Oh. So he tells his parents, uh, Mom and Dad, uh, I was invited to be on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come see a taping uh, oh. of the show? That's so funny. So his parents, I think, were in their like early eighties, uh-huh. and so they, you know, he flies them out to Los Angeles, and they get to the studio, and they said that they had like, like he's they from were... Seattle, mm-hmm. yeah, or from a, uh... is he from Seattle? Uh, he's somewhere on the west coast. Yeah, yeah. I just that's a... maybe not Seattle proper. Mm-hmm. I that's the closest big city I could think mm-hmm. of to where he's from. Uh, but he uh, shows up, and like they bring his parents in, and they have like special VIP seats uh, for them. And uh, they like, set up a special camera pointed at uh-huh. parents. So it's just these, this old, this elderly couple. Oh my god! Wondering why. And everyone... they didn't know anything about it. Oh yeah. my gosh! They and, uh, did they know that he had been on before? No. As far as they were concerned, it was the first yeah. time he had been on. No, he's just gonna take oh an episode. Oh my today. gosh! And so they uh, are just wondering why everyone. I feel like I saw that episode. <laughs> I feel like I did because I watched a decent amount of his run, and that sounds familiar. Uh, at least at some point I saw when his parents were on it because it was just like can you imagine how proud they are of him right now that's just amazing uh, the, uh, my, my favorite part is they didn't uh, he, they didn't know until they announced it at the very end or at the beginning or at the beginning yeah, this uh, is his 30 day yeah. cash winning total yeah, or something um, like that and at that point that was like he had just broken the 1 million dollar uh-huh. mark so just they say it's, it's, they, it's like one of their favorite stories to like retell around the Jeopardy campfire yeah. of just watching his parents realize like, that he yeah. was already yeah. a millionaire from Jeopardy yeah. Like his 34 day cash winnings total one million two hundred and fifty thousand. That's incredible. That is so cool. What a cool dude. Uh, I uh, I've heard him on a few podcasts since then. He does he does Doug Benson's podcast a decent amount, which I think is fantastic <laughs> uh, because Doug Doug plays a trivia game at the end of Douglas movies called the Leonard Maltin game. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but, uh, it's, um, solely movie, tri- movie trivia based on Litter Malton's, uh, movie guides. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he, um, so the, he starts with categories that are, you know, they can range from, uh, you know, Sandra Bullock movies. He probably wouldn't do something that broad, but whenever it's an actor's birthday, he'll use their oh, movies. Yeah. Like Javier Bardem's birthday is today, so the movies of Javier Bardem, or two categories of like um, jokes uh, that I can't even think of a good example of one, <laughs> but like movies where Leonardo DiCaprio dies, but it has like <laughs> a funny title like No Jack No, I'll Never Let Go, or something <laughs> like that, you know. And uh, so the players get to choose a cat. The first person gets to choose a category, and he uh, gives them a choice of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, uh, would you like a movie where Leonardo DiCaprio dies from 1995 or 2001? <laughs> and they choose a year. And he reads a couple of things out of Lin- Leonard Maltin's review. Nothing to really give the movie away at all. Just like Lynn Maltin said, this movie was. Decent, but not up to par, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he listed 11 names, and you have to bid uh, how many names you think you could get from <laughs> the bottom of the list to the top Ooh, build okay. uh, and still be able to guess what movie it is. Mm-hmm. 
So Ken Jennings has come on and done very well at the yeah. game in the past. He's come on a couple of times. And I think the first time he didn't win, but the second time I think he won very easily. And if you, it's uh, similar to Jeopardy in that if you get a name, if you get a movie, you can guess negative names, and you have to give the top build people oh, yeah. in the right order. So you can go. I uh, one of my, one of the most miraculous things I ever heard was Mark Maron did negative three names. I think it was negative three. It was either three or four for the Wizard of Oz, and he got it right. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Like, it was super impressive. And if you do that and you win, then you get to go to a Leonard Malton Tournament of Champions. Ooh. And right now, I don't, I think Ken Jennings is in the Tournament of Champions, but he hasn't actually done it yet. So that's, that's like, great. the fact that he's willing to do a dumb thing like that for a stoner's podcast yeah. is is really cool to me. That just tells me that he's pretty down to earth guy, even though, you know, he's become an, an, an icon of yeah. sorts. Uh, uh, his Twitter feed is hilarious. He has such a great Twitter. He's a really funny guy in general. Uh, and I, I get his weekly trivia things too, but I don't, I don't read them. They're really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to learn so much. Oh, this is this hard. Uh, this is, I knew one out of ten of these, and that's a good day. <laughs> uh, he's great. Um, cool. Well, let's close this out, shall we? Yeah. What's, um, are there any ways that you feel like uh, your love of Jeopardy and uh, maybe your experience on Jeopardy have affected uh, your life um, creatively or maybe just a general love of trivia um, and are there any ways that you feel like it has uh, affected your life in general on a, on a larger scale uh, yeah the uh, having a, like sort of that weird broad base of knowledge mm -hmm. uh, one of the nice things is it lets you pick your way through conversation <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely but, uh, I don't think it's it's even so much, uh, and so for some people it is just people can mem can remember a lot of facts. Mm -hmm. And I've never been good at memorizing lists. Like mm -hmm. uh, if I had to look, you know, if you asked me to name uh, what years different teams have won the World Series, I could. It would take me weeks to yeah. To I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's always being interested in uh, a story or a narrative. Mm -hmm. And so, especially if if there's like, oh, I know this fact because it's part of this period of history that I, that I read a book about, mm -hmm. uh, as long as there's some sort of story to tie it to. Yeah. Uh, and so that's part of it is it's like, it's not so much that I know a bunch of stuff as I just know a lot of stories. That's <laughs> cool. No, that's way more interesting though. And, uh, and I actually remember a friend of mine, uh, Dunbar Dix was, uh, I know that name for sure. Uh, he's done a bunch of second city books. Okay. And has he done stuff of the annoyance? I feel like mm -hmm. that's where I've heard oh, yeah. his name associated. Yeah. Uh, but we did a, a workshop for a high school, and uh, we had a question and answer session afterwards, and someone asked, like, uh, so you're all comedians, uh, or things the teachers asked, like, so in your shows you had a lot of, like, references to history and stuff. Uh, do you think that, like, you know, kind of trying to lead us on, it was like, do you think maybe, yeah. uh, you know, studying would be a good thing if you <laughs> right, wanted to get right, into right. comedy? And, uh, and I said, oh, yeah, because it, it means that you have just a wider range of reference. It means that no matter what someone throws at you, you always have something to respond with, and uh -huh. you're, you'll never be lost at sea. And then Dunbar actually one-upped me beautifully, which was... He's like, don't worry about facts. Like, if you're on stage and someone throws something weird at you, you can just make it up. In yeah. fact, half the fun could be that you play a character who doesn't know anything. Yeah. But, but, but if you really, but the important thing, it's not that you need to know a lot, it's that you have to care about a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. That is a great, and, that is a great counterpoint. And it's something that I don't think I appreciate. Now, you're, you're always told this when you're in high school and when you're in college, which mm -hmm. is, like this dumb class that you have to take because you need the four more credits in your in your science you know in your uh, your sciences yeah 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 to get your degree. It's like I'm interested. Oh, mine was this? the opposite. I was getting a science degree and I had to take all the crappy <laughs> social science <laughs> classes and <laughs> stuff like that. Humanities. Uh, and there's that sense at the time of like, I, I, why do I have to get through this because I'm focusing on this? Mm -hmm. And it's only about three or four years later you realize. I had the chance yeah. to know so much more <laughs> about this topic. I didn't realize how interesting it was at uh -huh. the time uh -huh. uh, or just uh, how much I would care about it. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of the big lessons kind of leading up to Jeopardy and even since then where it's like, it's not about memorizing facts. It's just about caring Care about ah, as much as you can. That's great. I love that. That's such a good thing to take out of it. Um, well, you, so you've done, have you done World News Tonight since its inception? 
Sort of. I'm considered an original cast member, but I actually joined the show uh, five or six weeks into its original oh, okay. run. Okay, close yeah. enough. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be like a like a 16 week run. Yeah. And they had a one cast member who was leaving to move to Arizona, and so they're like, "Oh, why don't we bring this guy in? He's he's worked with a bunch of the people in the cast so far." It's like, oh, I can do this show for a few weeks. That's great. And that was 10 years <laughs> and four months ago. <laughs> do you do it almost every Saturday? Every Saturday mm-hmm. you can? Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure that has to be at least partially, you know, tied to being up on current events at the very least. Uh, it, it helps, but uh, there's actually, people in the cast all have different approaches. Really? And uh, for me, I, I, I read news sites all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I'm usually have at least... Uh, Sort of, knowledge. Yeah, the the enough to complain about a government policy over a pint. Right. <laughs> uh, and there's, but there's other people who actually almost actively avoid. News oh, stories. interesting. And part of it is that they're actually like it's actually kind of fun to be to, able to just create whatever. Yeah. Or especially if there's like something that's been in the news for like the last four days, like they'll ha- be kind of aware of it, but they won't realize what a big deal it is. So uh-huh. the, the article's being read. All of a sudden, for the first time, they're they're hearing like, "Oh, really? That's so That's, funny! Wow, that's great! <laughs> I love that." Um, I, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like it's got it's tied to this for sure. And then also performing at at um, comedy sports mm-hmm. has to kind of. I, I've talked to someone else about this. I think it was Rob Grabowski talked about mm-hmm. uh, pop culture in general, mm-hmm. and he definitely spoke to. Uh, like reference level definitely being a bonus of being really interested in pop culture and I was like oh yeah because I'm sure there have been a ton of times where you're at comedy sports and someone yells out Selena Gomez (laughs) and you have to actually know something to say about Selena (laughs) Gomez I know that she and Bieber dated right (laughs) yeah that's about all I've got too she was in uh she was one of the girls in Spring Breakers I think oh yeah yeah that that was something that I only learned upon watching Spring Breakers I think it was even after I was like oh that's who that is <laughs> I haven't seen it uh, the thing that intrigues me most about it is seeing James Franco with uh, well, he has a grill right? uh-huh. yeah. he has a grill and uh, braids and stuff <laughs> he's really good man He, uh, the movie's not for everyone yeah. <laughs> uh, it's worth watching in my opinion his performance is great for sure uh, it's totally different from pretty much everything he's done it's in that it's like He's playing it sincerely, but also in a kind of like winking way, yeah. like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Whereas in a lot of his other movies where he's played those kind of crazy characters, it's like a Pineapple Express thing yeah. where it's like, this is obviously a ridiculous comedy, you know? Um, yeah, I'd say it's worth checking out. Uh, cool. That's awesome. I love that the idea of not necessarily learning for the sake of, of learning facts, but caring about the things that you're yeah. hearing about. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. You were great. And I can't wait to watch you on Jeopardy. It's February 25th. Yes. Uh, this will go up on Wednesday, so people will have plenty of time to mark their calendars and <laughs> check out uh, when you're on Jeopardy. Um, thank you so much. The thing I say at the end of every episode is, I love you and I mean that, Pat. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.